You're listening to SBS News. Usually they put on the hurricane sirens or they do something to like warn us. Nothing. Like everyone was just word of mouth evacuating. That's why so many people were just on Front Street, just hanging out. Like they they were helpless. Like the smoke just got them. That's Sydney Carney, a resident of the devastated community of Lahaina, levelled by bushfires on the Hawaiian island of Maui. Like many, she's critical of the lack of warning that locals got as the fast-moving bushfire swept towards the township. Professor Chris Hilson, director of the Centre for Climate and Justice at the University of Reading in England, says authorities need to have systems in place to warn communities of impending disasters. Part of adaptation planning on the part of the public authorities is about not only trying to make communities more resilient to these kind of threats physically, you know, whether if you're thinking about a fire, it might be creating fire breaks or or whatever, but it's also about having these appropriate early warning systems in place. And it is very much the public authorities that are responsible for maintaining those and putting them in place. So, yeah, I think where there is a failure in, in those early warning systems people do naturally and quite rightly blame the authorities. Here in Australia, the warning system and fire danger rating system was updated in September last year. Fiona Dunstan, the National Community Engagement Manager for the Bureau of Meteorology, told the SBS Australia Explained podcast that the Australian fire danger rating system is used to alert communities when to start preparing in case of fire. If we were to say tomorrow is going to be pretty hot and windy and we haven't had rain for a while and the grass and vegetation or the trees are quite dry, from there we determine a fire danger rating and it's there that we then say that we need to take action in order to prepare in case the fire starts. Ms Dunstan says on the other hand, the Australian warning system is used for advising the threat level of different natural hazards already unfolding. The Australian warning system is designed to incorporate many different types of hazard warnings, so flood, fire, cyclones, heat, so those different types of systems. And then there's a tiered system there that provides a level of warning depending on the threat to people's lives or their homes or businesses. So one is before an event and one is sort of during an event. These warning systems are now consistent across the whole country. Professor Hilson says a simple siren warning would not be enough. It's thinking about um, exactly how to reach everybody and, and variety is obviously going to be really important there. But, but I think the other thing, and this is where sometimes systems fall down, is you really need to make it very clear to people what they're expected to do. Because a siren, for example, I mean, what does that actually tell people? Um, you know, so even if the siren had gone off, um, would it have encouraged everyone to jump into their car, for example? And in a, in a wildfire situation, that may be not the best idea, actually. The Philippines is a country that is particularly prone to weather-driven disaster. Around 74% of the country's population are exposed to hazards such as floods, cyclones, droughts, earthquakes, tsunamis and landslides, according to the World Bank. The National Disaster Risk Reduction and Management Council is responsible for ensuring the protection and welfare of the people during disasters or emergencies. Spokesman Edgar Posadas says the council takes advantage of the fact that mobile phone usage is widespread in the Philippines. We have uh, the early alert warning messaging uh, during disasters, uh, typhoons, uh, flooding or even earthquakes. And uh, this is a partnership uh, between 
government, OCB and DRMC, our Emergency Operations Center. Of course, we have TICT and our uh, telco partners uh, that uh, we collaborate to send out early alert warning messaging for uh, the most vulnerable in a particular hazard. And this is also being uh, reiterated through uh, redundant means to our uh, social media accounts. And we capture all uh, possible means to communicate the, the threats of the hazards and people uh, keep people safe and, and prepare. Professor Hilson says regardless of the technology that's used, the secret to keeping people safe in an emergency is making sure that people know what to do when they get a warning. You know, there's a risk that actually we can assume that technology will solve everything and that it's all about technology. But but in fact, it's often about psychology as well and about how people react to the technologies in place and whether they're using them appropriately. Elizabeth Goh is a long-term volunteer for the New South Wales Rural Fire Service. She agrees that understanding the danger ratings is vital as emergency personnel have to care for those who don't evacuate on time. One of the things that we always see is that people who don't leave, don't understand or leave too late. We're often having to also work with them during very intense fires. And what that's actually doing is it's actually drawing away resources from firefighting because we need to then look after people, supporting people to get out of those dangerous situations. And for more stories on the climate crisis, you can now follow SBS Climate Calling in your podcast app. Alan Lee, SBS News.